The talk this evening is on creativity in relationship. To enter into a conscious relationship with another person has the potential to be an act of creativity in that a commitment to relationship is a commitment to honesty and to openness. It's a commitment to sensitivity and to love. And a commitment to relationship is essentially a commitment to living amidst the challenges and the dynamics of life, which, if they are used consciously, if they are used with awareness, if they are used with understanding, then that commitment is also a commitment to living creatively. To enter into a conscious and committed relationship with another person is also a conscious acceptance of one of the greatest challenges in living. It's a challenge which can bring immense joy. It's also a challenge which can definitely bring its moments of pain, its moments of conflict, its moments of difficulty. It's in those moments, those moments of pain and difficulty and conflict that need in themselves to be confronted with openness, with honesty and with sensitivity if they are to be yet further grounds for opening, for sensitivity and for creativity in our lives. It is being conscious, it is being aware, which nurtures that sense of creativity and relationship. It's being conscious and being aware, which nurtures that sense of creativity in any mode of life, any mode of existence that we choose for ourselves. That nurturing of creativity, that nurturing of consciousness and awareness is that inner quality of being which has the capacity to bring immense joy inwardly, which is the experience, of course, that enables us and allows us to give up and share that joy outwardly. To be in a relationship, a committed relationship in an ongoing way, is certainly one of the greatest challenges to our being and to our understanding. Yet I'm sure that all of us experience times, definite moments in our relationships with our partners, with our children, when our sense of creativity, when our sense of openness, when our sense of understanding can seem remarkably fragile and vulnerable. Certainly all of us experience times in that ongoing kind of relationship when our own needs, our own sense of what our needs are, seem to be totally swamped and overwhelmed by the needs and the demands of others and by the lifestyles in which we choose. And certainly there are times when our children's mission in life can seem essentially to be one of being there to test our equanimity and our understanding and our capacity to be with what is. I'm sure that most of us have experienced times in our relationships 
When life seems to be simply just a test of survival, just keeping our heads above water when it can seem an endless cycle of answering to needs, answering to demands. And certainly in those times, it's very easy to be disconnected from our partners. It's very easy to become disconnected from any sense of sharing in a creative and conscious life. It's very easy also to become disconnected from our own inner being, our inner resources of peace and stability. And it's in those times of difficulty, those times of pressure, which can go on in seemingly an endless pattern, that those are the times that we tend to look back to the past with rosy and affectionate memories of how things used to be, of how idyllic our lives used to be, and how dissatisfying in the moment at times that one's life can actually seem. Yet to meet anyone who have yet found relationship and parenting to be an endless path of harmony and peace and stability and fulfillment. For most of us, there are certainly times of harmony, but there are times of inner pressure. And it's in those times of pressure when the mind can simply become overwhelmed, when our sense of inner space can simply become constricted, when any sense of direction or creativity in life simply becomes lost amidst the chaos, amidst the mentality, amidst the reactions that go on. And in those times of being disconnected, those are the times when we lose sight of the lessons that are being offered to us through our relationships, through our lifestyles. Certainly, relationship entails enormous responsibility. It places and imposes enormous responsibility upon us. The fact that our children have needs, have demands, are vulnerable, are dependent, imposes in itself an enormous responsibility upon us. The actuality that our lives are one in which our attention by necessity needs to be primarily outwardly focused, places enormous responsibility upon us to connect and renew our connection inwardly with our own resources. Responsibility is inherent in relationships in that there is simply no avoidance. That avoidance becomes an avenue in life which is very difficult to pursue. Certainly I had a friend staying with us at one time who was single, no children, and she was there at that kind of witching hour between six and seven in the evening when things seemed to reach the absolute pits of despair and miserableness in our household. And she said, what do you do in times of chaos? What do you do when things get really overwhelming? Do you just go off and sit for an hour to get it back together? I said, oh, sure, sure. And I just tell my four-month-old son, you know, just hang in there for an hour. You know, I just tell my three-year-old daughter, well, never mind, I'll be back in an hour. I'm just going to sit for an hour, and then I'll come back. It's so difficult for people to appreciate who don't have children that relationship demands your presence. And the quality of that presence is our responsibility. And the actuality of relationship 
means that there is no avoidance. And it is when we no longer seek to avoid the challenges that relationship brings. It's when we no longer seek to avoid them through fantasy, through projection, through future thinking, through memory. So we no longer seek to avoid those challenges that relationship actually becomes creative. When we seek, instead of avoiding them, to learn through them, to understand ourselves more deeply through them, then our way of life, the lifestyle that we've chosen, becomes one which is creative. Certainly one of the greatest challenges in being in relationship is the challenge of bringing meditation, the essence of meditation, into a moment-to-moment way of understanding. That meditation has to come off the cushion, has to come into a way of seeing, a way of living. Relationship demands an enormous amount of sensitivity, an enormous amount of attention. It makes that demand of sensitivity and attention truly makes us look at the divisions that we create in our own minds between ideals and actuality, between the divisions that are created in our own minds between what should be and what is in the moment. Certainly in many ways it is much easier in life to choose a life of seclusion than to live in a relationship which demands equanimity, which demands sensitivity. It's many ways easier in life to choose an outer life which seems to be relatively free from pressures and demands and in that freedom formulate ideals of love and compassion. It's easier to be in that environment and formulate ideals of love and compassion than it is to live with love and compassion in a life that demands our presence. A life of relationship is one which demands surrender to each moment, is one which demands care, responsibility, attention. It's in that care and attention that we really discover how close our own ideals are to actuality and how much that we do cling to should-be's and could-be's and would-be's. Certainly, creativity doesn't end with beginning a relationship Creativity in life doesn't end with bringing a child into being. Creativity is in our approach to our lives. Creativity is in the ways in which we utilize what each moment brings to us. Creativity is in our capacity to learn and to grow through what each moment brings to us. And the lifestyles which we choose are ones which are constantly changing and constantly changing not in ways in which we would always choose them to change. The lessons that those changes brings to us have an endless amount of potential for bringing an inner richness of sensitivity and understanding. Certainly one of the most significant lessons 
of being in a lifestyle that demands constant presence is the need that there is to be with what is. That qualities, inner qualities such as peace, such as spaciousness, such as serenity are not states of mind that are achieved. That qualities of peace and spaciousness and serenity are not states in which, which are the opposite to challenge. Inner peace is not the opposite of anything arising which is disturbing or challenging within us. But rather that inner peace and inner spaciousness is very much the quality and the capacity to be with what is without resistance and without prejudice. The more that we see peace and spaciousness as states of mind that will be gained that are dependent upon anything arising of a disturbing or challenging nature, is the degree that we project those states then into the future. And as long as they are projected into the future, then what we are left with is a present which often feels unfulfilling and dissatisfying. And the present is dissatisfying because of the duality that the mind has made. The present becomes dissatisfying because we see peace and spaciousness as being the opposite of what is, if what is is difficult or unpleasant. To know peace inwardly, to know spaciousness inwardly, we need to know what it means to live in peace, both inwardly and outwardly, which does very much mean questioning in times of agitation, in times of restlessness. What is it in this moment that is truly preventing peace? What is it in this moment that's truly preventing spaciousness? It's not the fact that our partner is disagreeing with us that is preventing peace. It's not the fact that our children may be turning into creatures the opposite of what we would like that prevents peace. It's not the fact that our lifestyles are filled with needs and demands and activity that prevents peace. It's our resistance to being with what is. Our prejudices, our expectations, our ideals, our images and our models that are primarily the factors which prevent a sense of peace and spaciousness in the moment. The degree of resistance we have to being with what is, is the degree of inner agitation that we experience. The degree that we hold on to our should-be's and our images is the degree that we experience conflict within ourselves. So often we see that, probably if you have children, you see how often those images and should-be's really have the capacity and the power to filter and dilute our capacity to be with what is. We come up, perhaps you've experienced coming up with these grandiose plans of you're going to do something special just for your child, which often means that I'm doing something special just for me. And you come up with some plan if we're going to go for this walk to see this thing. The child is simply disinterested or is simply more interested in looking at the first piece of gravel that they come across outside the door. Or you come up with some plan of some major trip which involves lots of exciting things. 
Then the child is simply interested in eating the bag of potato chips in the back seat and totally disinterested in all these wonderful things you're pointing out. And so often in those times, you can see this gap that's created in the mind. How in that moment there's not a lack of peace. The child is quite happy with the gravel, with the potato chips. It's also our tends to be so unhappy with our expectations and our clinging to what should be and our, cling, our investment in our plans. The degree of attachment that we have to our should-be's, is it the degree of a lack of spaciousness that we feel within ourselves? The degree of a oppression and pressure and frustration that we experience is so often directly related to the degree that we're holding on to our expectations, our should-be's. And our degree of attachment to what should be is a degree of lack of space we feel within ourselves. Certainly spaciousness, inner spaciousness, is not found through freeing ourselves from outer pressure, from outer involvement. Rather, inner spaciousness is found through learning and understanding what it means to be with what is, with not holding on to expectations not holding on to images, not holding on to models. Relationship is certainly a direct teaching in that the price that we pay for holding on to what should be is conflict and division within ourselves. Certainly a very important aspect of relationship is surrender. Learning what it means to surrender, exploring the significance of the quality of surrender within our lives. And surrender, I don't mean that as an act of mindlessness, that this is what is happening, so I'll just be with that. Nor is it an act necessarily of sacrificing our own needs, our own uh, need for nurturing, our own need for space. But an act of surrender is learning to be with what is in a conscious way, to see the relationship between holding and resistance and an inner climate of tension and conflict. Learning to surrender is learning to be with the moment. Learning to be with what that moment brings, be it pleasant, be it unpleasant. That no matter the quality of that moment, that is what is, and that is in that moment all that we have. And to turn our backs on it, to ignore it, to reject it, to deny it in any way, is also to deny the potential that we have for understanding in that moment. Surrender brings inner spaciousness. It brings a kind of inner spaciousness that allows us to give space to others. The degree that our own inner spaciousness is cramped or suffocated or distorted is also the power that expectations, that likes and dislikes and prejudices and reactions find a foothold within ourselves. Spaciousness is not something necessarily that is given to us. 
On one hand, in a spaciousness comes to seeing where the occupations of the mind are, what we dwell on, what we cling to, what we hold on to. But inner spaciousness is also developed in a creative and a positive way through attention. Certainly inner spaciousness is created through learning what it means to focus on one thing at a time. The skillfulness of primarily being with one thing at a time is what frees the mind of fragmentation and pressure. The skillfulness of being with one thing at a time is a skillfulness which brings sensitivity, which brings consciousness, which brings spaciousness within ourselves. And that sensitivity, that inner spaciousness, is the quality that brings richness to each moment. When there is no attention, no focusing on our lives, there is invariably conflict. Let's look at the times when we feel most reactive. Look at the times when we feel most overwhelmed by mind states and most overwhelmed by other people. Usually those times are when we feel most imbalanced within ourselves, when we feel most clearly out of touch with a sense of being truly in touch with the moment, both inwardly and outwardly. Unbalanced by our mental states, unbalanced by our expectations, unbalanced by our holding. And in that state of imbalance is the times when most reactions find a foothold within the mind. And that conflict that takes place inwardly gets so much magnified and reflected outwardly. Certainly one of the lessons that I found very significant in relationship and in parenting is that we simply cannot afford to hold on to mental states. That mental states is in many ways a luxury that belongs to a life where there's not so many demands. That when there's not so many demands, you can afford to have a little trip through mental scenarios of negativity, of reactions, of, of, of depression, and that so often in a, in a relationship which demands constant presence, then that holding on to mental states, the price that we pay for it, is to have them increasingly reflected back to us in a much more dramatic way outwardly. I don't know whether you've found it, but I certainly found it with myself, that children are terribly sensitive. And certainly our partners tend to be also very sensitive to our own swings within. And that invariably, if I feel uptight, if I feel irritated, it's very rare that my daughter comes along and says, never mind, Mom, it's all right. You know, I'll just go outside and play for a while. Invariably, if I'm experiencing that within myself, I get back about 20 times worse from her. And certainly see that direct relationship between one's own mind and the influence that it has upon another and the dramatic need that there is in the moment to be present, to be able to let go. And how often that capacity to let go is not a question of ability, can I let go or can I not let go? So often it's a question of willingness, seeing I need to let go. If I don't let go, this is the price that I pay. If I do let go, then it may mean letting go of some feeling that I feel is very justified. 
but it means that there is spaciousness and that there is consciousness again in the moment. Relationship is definitely a teaching in letting go. It's definitely a teaching in seeing the relationship between holding on to things, between clinging and suffering. And certainly one of the notions that needs very strongly to be let go of is this notion of control that we have in life. That this illusory sense of control that we so often maintain in life. Particularly that notion of control is more easily maintained in a lifestyle where there is not constant demand, when there is not constant relationship. Certainly before I was in a constant relationship before parenting, I wasn't aware of how much I liked to control things, how much I liked to have that sense of being in charge, of being in control of my life, being in control of what happened. And certainly that sense of control brings to all of us a sense of stability, a sense of safety, a sense of security. And the kind of control I'm speaking of is not telling people what to do or not to do, say uh, manipulating things in a very overt way, but the kind of control that comes inwardly from living one's life on the basis of what I feel like doing and what I don't feel like doing. And certainly when one is not in a situation which involves constant interaction, which involves constant answering to needs and presence, one can live one's life in that way. Right now I feel like sitting, right now I don't feel like sitting. Right now I I feel like doing this with myself, I feel like going here, I feel like going there, I feel like being with this person, I don't feel like being with that person, or I do want to do this, I don't want to do that. And so often when one is is not on one's own, so much energy can be put into creating a kind of comfortable psychological world, where there is the arising of as much as possible of the pleasant and the maintaining of that, and the avoiding as much as possible of the unpleasant. And that capacity to manipulate outwardly gives a sense of control, in that we can surround ourselves with things that reinforce and support We can, as much as possible, avoid those things which challenge or threaten in some way. Relationship certainly challenges those notions of control. Invariably, our lifestyles, our children, haven't heard or don't feel the need to respond necessarily to what I may feel like or not feel like doing in any given moment. So often relationship simply demands that we are present with what is. And we have a clear choice in that. We give up our notion of control, of manipulation, and be with what is and learn and grow through that. Or we suffer endless frustration Endless frustration in our inability to arrange our world in the way in which we desire it. In some lifestyles or modes of existence, 
It's possible to divorce oneself from what you cannot control. But obviously you can't divorce yourself from actuality. If your life is relationship, if your life involves involvement with other people, you cannot divorce yourself from what is taking place in that moment. The only response that brings richness, the only response that brings inner growth, is the capacity to set aside our likes and our dislikes, our resistances and our clinging. We see that we cannot set aside our children or our partners. So it is our clinging, our need to control, that needs to be set aside. Letting go, letting go of resistances, letting go of control, letting go of should-be's and expectations, is an act of compassion and care and kindness towards oneself. And that one clearly sees that holding on to things, clinging to things, creates pain and conflict. And that clinging and holding resistance is an act, essentially, of insensitivity inwardly. We don't find spaciousness, we don't find peace through divorcing ourselves in life through what is difficult, through what is challenging. We don't find peace and spaciousness really from divorcing ourselves from anything. For no matter how unpressured our life is, no matter how much we manage to avoid the challenges that life has in it, Life simply doesn't seek to avoid us, and our minds are our constant companion. Just as the tendency to cling to things, the tendency to hold on to things, the tendency to create our images of what should be, are also tendencies which we carry into any situation in life. They are tendencies which could be carried into the most idyllic situation in life and distorted. Tendencies can only be neutralized in the moment. Those tendencies to want to control, to hold on to things, to create should-be's, can only ever come to an end in the moment of seeing them, through awareness, through understanding, through acceptance and through sensitivity, through being able to willingly and consciously let go of those tendencies in the moment, not with judgment and not with harshness, but as an act of commitment to inwardly bringing about a climate of love and sensitivity, an inner climate that allows us to live a life of love and sensitivity. Acceptance, the ability to accept what is, is a primary factor in surrender. It's a primary factor that enables us to live a life of understanding and sensitivity. Acceptance is 
the foundation of loving and sensitive relationships. Acceptance is a quality that we direct outwardly, but in order for us to accept another person as they are, for who they are, there must be a foundation of inner acceptance. There must be that foundation of being able to accept ourselves. Certainly all of us, I'm sure at times in our lives, find that we don't fulfill the expectations that we have of ourselves. Find that we don't meet up to our images of what a good partner or a good parent or a good person is. We probably find, all of us, that at times we do things and say things to one another, to our children, to others, that we find ourselves regretting, find ourselves feeling remorse over. Certainly times, probably, when we find ourselves simply being very judgmental and hard on ourselves inwardly. And that lack of inner acceptance is undermining of our own self-worth, our vision of who we are as a person. And certainly a primary factor which leads us to be, allows us to be with ourselves, to be with others, is that quality of being able to accept ourselves in the moment, to see the judgments, to see the images, to see the models, to see the, the expectations of who we should be. It is a teaching in humility, a teaching in being with what is, that we can be with the actuality of who we are. And that inner acceptance, when we can ease up on the judgments and the prejudices that are directed inwardly, is the foundation of being able to accept another person for who they are, for the totality of who they are in the moment to be able to see through their presentations, their behavior, their reactions, their appearances, to the heart of who they are as a person, and to accept that totally, without judgment and without prejudice. And certainly that acceptance is the foundation of being able to give of love and sensitivity and care in an unconditional way. Instead of making love and affection and warmth something that is dispensed as a kind of reward for conforming to our expectations, for conforming to our desires, our images. And when our expectations of another person, our images aren't conformed to, instead dispensing the opposites in the form of disapproval, in the form of coldness, in the form of rejection. A committed relationship is an opportunity to learn to accept one another, to learn to share in love and sensitivity. And that involves sharing ourselves on every level of our being. Relationships are in many ways simply a lesson in learning how to love. Because certainly this capacity to love is what our world desperately needs. This capacity to accept the need for warmth, the need for affection, the need for sensitivity and love are the qualities that our world is in desperate need of. 
and our world is essentially made up of relationships. The dynamics that we experience in our relationships are the dynamics that take place in every relationship. Conflict begins in relationship just as love begins in relationship. And learning to be in a conscious relationship with another person is a lesson, a teaching, an inner teaching in learning how to live with love and with sensitivity. Learning that love does demand a very unconditional giving, demands openness, demands sensitivity, if it is to be nurtured, if it is to grow. Certainly relationship is a lesson in discovering the power that love has in its capacity and power to forge a bond of connectedness with other, another person. A bond of connectedness certainly in which there can be a true end of separation, a true end of division. And being in a relationship is also a lesson in a very immediate way of really seeing what it is that distorts love. Really seeing what it is within ourselves, within our dynamics that distorts that bond of connectedness, that distorts love within ourselves the power that our expectations have, the power of neglecting our own well, inner well-being, the power of how that neglect inwardly spills over into our relationships, the power that sensitivity has, the power that clinging to expectations and models has. And it is a lesson which has an endless potential for growth and for using that understanding in a creative way to nurture a relationship in which there is true care and sensitivity. Certainly a conscious relationship is a meeting of the inner and the outer in which there's tremendous potential for the end of separation In that meeting of the inner and the outer, in conscious relationship, there's never any need to have a sense, well, now I'm postponing my own growth and my own development, my own understanding, until I have more time, until I have more space, until I have more freedom. That time rarely comes for anyone. We may move from a situation which has many demands into a situation which has less demands. But we carry with us the tendency not to learn from the present moment from one situation into another. We carry the tendency to turn our backs on the lessons that actuality is offering us from one situation to another. There's certainly no truth in the fact that an idyllic, unpressured lifestyle offers more understanding, offers more, more growth than a lifestyle which has tremendous pressure and involvement. It is our willingness to learn and grow that makes learning and growth possible. And as individuals, we have needs which take place in the present. We have needs to nurture our spirituality. We have needs to be, nurture our own sense of aloneness and uniqueness. We also have needs all of us for care and affection and love. And the care and the affection of love are essentially many real ways, the foundation of being able to develop and nurture that uniqueness and sensitivity and aloneness within ourselves.
We cannot afford to ignore the needs that we have, but also we cannot afford to project the fulfillment of those needs into the future. Relationship can be a path of fulfillment, a path of growth, a path of creativity. If we can set aside our models and our images of what growth and understanding is, if we can truly see that meditation is certainly not creating or accumulating some bulging portfolio of meditation experiences and credentials, but that meditation is total sensitivity. Meditation is learning to be with what is. Meditation is being conscious and is being aware. And it's in that understanding that there is a life of creativity in relationship, a life of utilizing the lessons of each moment, the offerings of each moment for inner growth, for an inner deepening of understanding. May all beings live with openness. May all beings live with sensitivity. May all beings live in a clear and conscious way.